Come on, let's give the Lord the praise he so richly and rightfully deserved. Good evening. Good evening. Before Dr. Redmond comes to greet us, we are certainly delighted and elated for all of you who are joining us in the sanctuary as well as online and um, on our various platforms, Facebook, YouTube, Vimeo, Telephone, and of course our Zoom congregation. This is the first night of March Gladness. And we're certainly delighted and elated for all of you who are here. I need you to do us this favor. Before we start our call to worship, if you're watching us this evening on Facebook, YouTube, or engaging in our church website, welcome to St. Paul Online. Our digital ministers and social media influencers are ready to engage you this evening. So do us this favor, share on your Facebook page, your personal timeline without starting a separate watch party. And you can tag people you want to invite to this post. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel and text this link to your personal network. And if you're in the chat room, click on the invite button in the chat window and share this experience with others. And as you continue to watch us, let us know where you're sharing um, this experience from. If you would, just put your location in the chat. And we'll certainly greatly appreciate uh, you lifting that up. I am so appreciative for all of those who are here. And particularly to if you are a first time, if you would let us know that you are a first time watcher of our post. I'm going to ask that at this time, uh, Dr. Um, Monica Redman, our executive pastor, she's going to come and she's going to open us up as far as our call to worship. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Everyone standing to your feet. I was glad. When they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Because in the house of the Lord, there is peace. In the house of the Lord, there is joy. In the house of the Lord, there is food for my soul. So I was mighty glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Is anybody glad tonight? Oh, come on, come on, don't fool me tonight. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord? I want everybody to give God some praise. Because if it had not been for the Lord on your side, you wouldn't be in here tonight. Come on, you can do better than that. Let's give God some praise. Come on, give God some praise. Oh, hallelujah. He keeps clothes on your back, food on your table. Come on, you ought to give him praise tonight. This is March gladness. And we have come with a glad heart to give him praise. So if you come to give him praise, come on all over this place want you to lift up your voices and join the choir as we sing lift him up hallelujah Give him up, 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 give him up
us from to God we give the glory our scripture tonight is found in the book of Psalms the 30th chapter and it reads like this if you have your Bibles you can turn right along with us but it reads like this beginning at verse number one I will extol you O Lord for you have lifted me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me O Lord my God I cried out to you and you healed me O Lord, you brought my soul up from the grave. You have kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. Sing praise to the Lord, you saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Now in my prosperity, I said I shall never be moved. Lord, by your favor, you have made my mountain stand strong. You hid your face, and I was troubled. I cried out to you, O Lord, 
and to the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my blood when I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it declare your truth? Hear, O Lord, and have mercy on me. Lord, be my helper. You have turned from me my mourning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. To the end that my glory may sing praise to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Oh, the word of the Lord. That's the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Would you bow your heads for just a moment? Let's go to God in prayer. Father, it's in the name of Jesus Christ that we come before you tonight. Father, thank you. Thank you, oh God, that we are standing in your sanctuary tonight. Thank you, Father, because you woke us up this morning. God, you gave us a brand new opportunity to get right what we got wrong on yesterday. For that, God, we say thank you. Oh God, we say thank you. We say thank you, oh God, because you've been better to us than we have been even to ourselves. God, when we look back over our lives and we see where you have brought us from, God, we can't help but say thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for being a God to us. Thank you, oh God, when we were sick, you brought us up. And God, when we were down, you picked us right back up. God, we say thank you. Thank you, oh God, because you've seen us through seen and unseen dangers. God, you got us through some very difficult times. And so, God, here we are tonight. Here we are at the March Gladness Worship Experience. And God, we don't have to ask you to come by here. For God, you're already here. So God, all we do is say thank you. Thank you, Father, for being here. Thank you, Father, for being here before we got here. Thank you, Father, for waking us up and giving us this brand new opportunity to come to March Gladness Revival. God, thank you for being in the midst of us. And thank you for setting the atmosphere for praise and for worship. For God, we feel you already here. God, we feel you moving up and down every aisle. We feel you, oh God, as the choir sings. God, we feel you tonight as we stand in your sanctuary. Oh God, thank you for being our banner. Thank you for being our defender. Thank you for being our God. Thank you for being our Jehovah. Oh God, our Rapha. God, thank you for being our healer. Thank you, oh God, because if it had not been for you, oh God, we don't know what we would do. God, we glorify you in the atmosphere. Oh God, move up and down every aisle. Oh God, we pray person under the sound of my voice who hears the word tonight who oh got that this word oh god tonight will speak to them will speak to their hearts oh god heal somebody in here tonight but more than anything god we want you to save somebody save somebody through the preach word thank you for our preacher tonight heal him oh god speak through him touch him now from the crown of his head to the soles of his feet god use him in a mighty way 
Use him in such a way that we will leave here different. We will leave here better. We will leave here the people you called us to be. God, we glorify you right now in the name of Jesus. God, we say bless your name for just being a kind of God who will be right by our side in every situation. God, sit down in our praise and worship tonight. Be with us. Be with the choir. Be with every person that stands behind this desk in the name of Jesus. And God, when we leave here, we're going to leave here leaping and jumping, knowing that we have been in your presence. We give you honor. We give you praise for what we know that you're going to do in this place. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, put those glad hands together. Come on, you can do better than that. Have your seats in the presence. Our choir is going to sing and we will continue in our worship.
loved ones. No, no. Don't go to your friends for no help from them. No help from them. You will find. Life of sin, you no longer stand. Let me tell you, just look, just look to Jesus. It's mighty good, mighty good to know the man. You see, you must be. Can't you see? Can't you see? You've got to be. You've got to be, my Lord. You've got to be born again. Help me, Lord. You must have. You must have. You must. You must have. Fire and Holy Ghost, well, and that burning flame. Teach the prayer. It'll make you move. It'll make you shout. It'll make you cry. When it's real. Shut 
must have fire and holy ghost. Well, the burning thing. Each the prayer will turn. the prayer will turn. That kind of religious that you cannot conceal in privilege it is to be able to come to the house of the Lord in person as well as check us out online. We thank God for each and every one of you. I just want to share a couple of things as we move forward before we get ready to receive the offering and introduce the preacher because I want this preacher to come and bless us. I I am so delighted uh, by the virtue of the fact that uh, serving as an officer of the Hampton Ministers Conference, they we usually have some of the best preachers 
in the country to share at Hampton. And here at St. Paul, I'm trying to replicate the Hampton experience. So we got that this week. Amen. We got that this week. And um, uh, I'll be introducing our preacher for tonight. But on tomorrow night, we have Dr. Cynthia Hale from the Ray of Hope in Decatur, Georgia, who will be sharing. And then on Thursday night, Dr. F. Bruce Williams will be preaching. And so we want to encourage you, join us online or in the physical space. Uh, you're going to get a blessing as far as that's concerned. Just also want to remind us, and I want to keep pushing this. That uh, starting the first Sunday in April, we're going to be increasing our seating capacity here, uh, barring that there is nothing crazy as far as um, uh, the spread of, of any other variants or anything like that. We'll be increasing our seating capacity here at the church for our various services. And then I just want to remind you that the fourth Sunday, the fourth Sunday of April is our church's 122nd anniversary. Amen. Give God praise. Amen. Not too many things that exist for 122 years. And so it'll be our 122nd church anniversary. And uh, my classmate, my doctoral classmate, the Reverend Dr. W. Franklin Richardson, the pastor of the Grace Baptist Church in Mount Vernon, New York, and the president of the uh, Congress of National Black Churches will be uh, the chair, rather, of our Congress of Black, National Black Churches will be our preacher for that day. And so we're going to be blessed. I want, before uh, we ask you to give, I just want to see if we have any other clergy in the house. I believe I see Reverend Kyles, amen, from Ebenezer AME Zion. Thank you for joining us, sister. God bless you. If there are any other clergy, would you just hold up your hand? We just want to see uh, what kind of help my, my brother got. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. We're looking forward to the Lord doing something extraordinary on tonight. Listen, it is time to give. Let me try that one more time. It is time to give. It is time to give. And here at St. Paul, there are various ways that you can give. The first way you can give is by either mailing check or money order to the church at 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28205. Or you can drop off check, cash, or money order here at the church. Just call the church office to make sure someone is here to receive that your offering so we can put it in the safe. And that number is 704-334-5309. Another way you can give is through our website, either through ACS or through uh, Church Life. And so you can give by going to our website. And then you can also give through the app called Givelify. And if you don't have that app on your smart device, download that app, connect it to your favorite credit card, and in three clicks you can give. If you have a physical offering in the church tonight, if you have a physical offering in the church, there is a basket on the row in front of you on the empty row in front of you, and at the appropriate time after the prayer, you can just put your offering in that basket. You don't have to touch it, and our account team and our ushers will come and receive the offering and will um, make sure that it is counted. So however you're going to give tonight, if you would do me a favor, um, if you're giving uh, on your smart device or you're giving a physical offering, however you're giving, if you would, place it in your right hand if you're able. Let's listen to the, lift to the heavens. We want to give God what's right, not what's left. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come on the first night of these revival services, March Gladness, and we come and we give, oh God, just simply because you have blessed us. We give not grudgingly nor out of necessity, but cheerfully. Why? Because you love the cheerful giver. God, if you would, in your own sovereign way, take these gifts of ours, bless them in a Godful way, 
so that ultimately your word, your witness, and your work can go through the St. Paul Baptist Church and you will be glorified and edified. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. On tonight, I just want you all to know anyone that want to join me, I'm giving $100 for our March Gladness Revival. There is a basket in, on the row in front of you. You can give at that time, give at this time. And uh, we greatly appreciate your kindness. We greatly appreciate your kindness. God bless you. God bless you. It is preaching time. It is preaching time. It is preaching time. And um, our preacher for tonight is no stranger here um, at St. Paul. As a matter of fact, when I started inviting people, he was among one of the first in that cadre of preachers that I invited to come and share here at uh, St. Paul Church um, nearly uh, five years ago. And um, he is a uh, preacher par excellence. He's none other than the Reverend Bishop Rudolph McKissick, Jr., the senior pastor of the Bethel Church, located in Jacksonville, Florida. He followed his father and shared in leadership with his father and then succeeded him as the sole pastor of that church. And under his leadership, um, his worship experience has grown exponentially. That church has grown exponentially. The Lord has allowed for him to do an incredible work as far as the Jacksonville area is concerned. And he is a powerful preacher. He preaches across the width and breadth of this land. And he is in high demand. And, and so I am humble. And we should feel privileged that he is able to fit us into his busy and arduous schedule. He has preached uh, in several capacities at the Hampton University's Ministers Conference. Uh, he is a graduate of Virginia Union University. He is also a graduate of the Samuel DeWitt Proctor School of Theology. No, he's a graduate of Jacksonville University, where he majored in music. And so not only can he preach it, but he can sing it as well. Um, uh, he is a trained opera singer. And he could get on that pipe organ, and he could play that as well. Uh, when it comes to Virginia Union, he got the Master of Divinity from Virginia Union, and then he earned a doctoral degree from the United Theological Seminary under the mentorship of the late Reverend uh, Doctors Samuel DeWitt Proctor and Dr. Charles Booth. Uh, he's had several honorary degrees. He's a member of the greatest fraternity in the world. You know what that is, don't you, Brother Ross? Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got plenty of friends in the house. Amen. Amen. I see Brother Elson looking at me like fire in his eyes right now. All right. Amen. Um, and he's part of the Boulé. He's married to um, uh, Kimberly, uh, who is now serving as his executive pastor. And she's a preacher in her own right and in the proud parents of Jocelyn, Janae, and Joshua. And so it is my wonderful and privileged joy to present to some and to introduce to others our preacher for tonight, Bishop Rudolph McKissick, Jr. I'm going to ask that you all pray for him, pray with him, that the Lord will use him in a mighty and a magnificent way. So after our brothers bless us with a song of their choice, the next voice you will hear will be that of our preacher for this evening.
Would you be so kind as to bow your heads with me? God of grace and God of glory, we, we thank you for getting a hold of us. We thank you that not only did you get a hold of us, but we recognized that it was your Holy Spirit that changed us and revived us. Thank you for gathering us in this sacred space and also in the cyber sanctuary where we are gathered, O oh God, in more than one venue, but all on one accord to worship you and to hear from your word. God, it is my prayer tonight that those who watch on the screen will feel the power that's felt on the scene. Anoint me afresh tonight that I might preach with not just power, but with conviction. Now, God, fix our hearts and our minds and our ears so that we will hear what the Spirit wants to say to the church. Breathe on me, breath of God. Fill me with life anew. That I may love without us love and do without us do. It is my prayer. And if you believe it and if you love the Lord, I need you to holler behind that mask. Amen. I need you to holler one more time. Amen. Now, can you give God a good praise in this sanctuary? I mean, if you really, really, if you really love the Lord, come on. I mean, if you really love the Lord and you're, you're thankful to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Yeah. He is worthy of it all. <laughs> he is worthy of it all. Hallelujah. Listen, while you remain on your feet, I want you to, to honor, applaud, and appreciate, and to celebrate your pastor, my brother, beloved. Help me thank God for the Reverend Dr. Robert Charles Scott. We honor him tonight. You may take your seats in the presence of our Lord to all of the men and women of the gospel who share with us on tonight to all of you my God's children and to all of you who are watching by way of every platform there is to Lottie Dottie and everybody we greet you in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ I want to thank your pastor and my friend for inviting me to come. He said it right. We are brothers, not just ministerially, but we are brothers fraternally. I don't know who that was, whose name he called that he said was looking at him with fire in his eyes, but it's okay. It's okay. Everybody makes one mistake. There is only one fraternity. That is Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated. <laughs> So I am so honored and blessed uh, to be here this week. Y'all have got some major preachers coming this way, and I'm just glad I'm getting out the way because y'all have got some serious proclaimers that are coming this way. And so I want him to know I'm so honored and blessed uh, to be here to share and to drive up and see the amazing work that you are doing in the affordable housing and in the community. It's always good 
to see a church that knows they don't exist for themselves but that we exist for those beyond the walls and so I salute him and I salute you uh, for the wonderful and marvelous work that you are doing my heart is so warmed uh, the last time I was in Charlotte it was to bury one of my mother's longest childhood friends uh, for as far back as I could remember and I'm so warm tonight that her daughter my god sister is here Winnie Wilkes Winnie is over here and I'm so glad to see her here tonight and I can report to my mother that Winnie Winnie showed up tonight my heart is warmed by her presence listen if you have a copy you know these days now you don't tell people to just pull out the Bible if you have a copy of the word of the Lord <laughs> go to the prophetic book of Ezekiel Ezekiel chapter 16. And I want to begin reading at verse 1. Ezekiel chapter 16, beginning at verse 1. I want to thank the sound man too for he got me good right and straight yeah this age I thank the right folk you know the folk I need so I want to thank everybody now if I get because I'm going to get loud not even if I get loud when I get loud don't worry don't cut it because I'm going to get loud I would tell you right now if they don't get loud I'm gonna get loud so you but I want to thank them Ezekiel chapter 16 verse 1 the word of the Lord came to me son of man Confront Jerusalem with her detestable practices and say, This is what the sovereign Lord says to Jerusalem. Your ancestry and birth were in the land of the Canaanites. Your father was an Amorite and your mother a Hittite. On the day you were born, your cord was not cut. Nor were you washed with water to make you clean. Nor were you rubbed with salt or wrapped in cloths. No one looked on you with pity or had compassion enough to do any of these things for you. Rather, you were thrown out into the open field. For on the day you were born, you were despised. Then I passed by and saw you kicking about in your blood. And as you lay there in your blood, I said to you, live. I made you grow like a plant of the field. You grew and developed and entered puberty your breasts had formed and your hair had grown yet you were stark naked later I passed by when I looked at you and saw that you were old enough for love I spread the corner of my garment over you and covered your naked body I gave you my solemn oath and entered into a covenant with you declares the sovereign Lord and you became mine verse 6 again said then I passed by and saw you kicking in your own blood and as you lay there in your blood, Jesus, I said to you, live. <laughs> I want to preach tonight with this thought in our minds, the power of one word, the power of one word. I have always been intrigued by the prophetic movement found in the Old Testament. 
Unfortunately, one of the things that has happened in this modern day movement of Christianity is that we have turned prophets into fortune tellers who tell us about our future fortune, then ask you to come and lay money on the altar for the prescription you were given, treating your spiritual seed like a medical copay. But when you read God's word and understand the prophetic utterances of the Old Testament, you will discover that it was never the job or the intention of the prophet to simply be a fortune teller. God would always raise up a prophetic voice who would be charged with preaching, teaching, advising kings, advocating leaders, as well as predicting future and proclaiming God's wrath and redemption from it. Such is the case with the prophet Ezekiel. We, we are more familiar with Ezekiel in the valley of the dry bones. But Ezekiel lived during the Babylonian exile. He was among those taken away captive with Jehoiakim. And where our text takes up for tonight, God is upset with Jerusalem because captivity has not seemed to have had the impact on them that he wanted it to have. He has allowed them to go into captivity once again as a consequence for their disobedience. But this time, for whatever reason, it seems as if this captivity is not teaching them what they needed to learn in order to turn back to God. God kept allowing them into captivity, not only as a consequence of their disobedience, but also as a way to bring them back to God's self. God wants to remind them not only of who they are and whose they are, but how they became who they are, who made them who they are in an effort to awaken them to living according to his covenant ordinances. God is trying to awaken in them the sensibility to be who he has called them out and chosen them to be. And so God uses Ezekiel here to use metaphorical language to describe, listen, to them the beginning of their covenant relationship and how they became gods. Get, hear that again. This metaphorical language that you hear in this chapter is God giving them a flashback to remind them of how they became gods. Over and over in the New Testament, we find that, that theme and that motif where God was reminding the people of what God had done for them, what God had brought them up out of. But this time, God does it through the mouth of the prophet in the most graphic of symbolic language. God, God wants to remind them of the condition that he found them in. So God says to them through Ezekiel, you were born out of an ungodly union. Jesus. One parent was a Hittite. The other was an Amorite. And on the day that you were born, listen, they cut you loose from them, but left the umbilical cord attached to you, Jesus. Not only did they do that, but also they did not wash you in water to cleanse you or swallow you in cloths to protect you from the elements. In other words, they did not do to you what should be done to a newborn that you are proud to have given birth to. Then they took you and threw you into an open field. Listen, covered in blood. The blood, listen, not your blood, God help me, but the blood of the canal you came through. They threw you away, 
covered in what you came through. Jesus, they, they threw you away covered in the stuff that you had to go through. They left you looking like what you came through. They left you looking a mess. They left you exposed to the elements. They cut you off and threw you into a field. They threw you where hopefully nobody would find you. And if they found you, they would not want you. You were left for dead. You were treated as nobody. You were treated like you weren't worth taking care of. You were treated as having no value by the very persons that birthed you. They decided that they had the right to determine your destiny for you based upon their assessment of who they declared you were or were not. He says that others in verse 5 who saw you in your condition walked by you without a thought of compassion to help you, Jesus. Nobody had a heart to help you when it was obvious you were helpless and hopeless. Your family didn't want you. People didn't think much of you. Church turned away from you. Co-workers despised you. They saw no potential. They saw no purpose. They saw no value. They saw no future in you. So they left you as an infant to die but then that that corner turned he said in verse 6 what a powerful lesson is he says what looked like a field of destruction became a field of dreams preach Rudolph what was people's rejection became God's selection God came to the same field where they were thrown and the same field where they had been walked over and the same field where they had been discarded and changed everything when he showed up if I could just park right there that's why you shout like you shout because you remember where God found you I don't know who I'm talking to that's why you act like you act because every now and then you get a flashback to the field where God found you and people got the nerve to be mad about what you drive and how you look and where you live and they just don't know when God found you he found you in a field where nobody wanted you Y'all sit down. I ain't used to preaching in front of folk. It'll get good in here. He's asking that God took me where he found me, but then lifted me where he wanted me. God, that's a shout right there. God took me where he found me, but then lifted me where he wanted me. God said, I saw you where they saw you, but I saw you differently than they saw you. And I said to you, live. Uh, all I'm trying to tell somebody tonight is that God gets the last word. Whoever used you doesn't get the last word. Whoever abused you doesn't get the last word. Whoever fired you doesn't get the last word. Whatever teacher failed you doesn't get the last word. Whatever church folks say about you doesn't get the last word. Sickness doesn't get the last word. Death doesn't get the last word. God says, when I saw you in the condition they left you I spoke one word live I know you got that mask on but I dare you to yell behind that mask live can I tell you tonight that sometimes the change you need is in one word 
Reach Rudolph McKissick. Just, just one word will turn everything around for you. Just one word can cancel a lifetime of damage that years of words created. One word can lift you from the enclave of despair. One word can put you back on your feet. One word can make you realize you're built for more than that. All God said was one word. Live! I'll sit down. I only got four more times to tell you that. Let me tell you why this is important. Because for many of us, Dr. Scott, one word has destroyed us. Uh, Many of us have been destroyed uh, by one word with its descriptive definition of damage. Preach, boy. One one word, broke. (laughs) One word, sick. Jesus one word depressed I'm coming for you one word unemployed one word divorced one word abused one word minority one word woman y'all ain't talking to me for many of us we've been destroyed by one word somebody spoke to us but I came to tell you tonight that God's got another word and the one word God has is powerful enough to cancel every other word that's been spoken over your life. God said live. I know you can't touch your neighbor CDC regulation but just point at him and say live. Yes. If you watch it on one of those uh, social media platforms where you can comment I need you to write in caps live. 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 That's what God wants. Live. That's what God has. Live. That's God's desire. Live. need you to know tonight. Y'all sit down. I need you to know tonight that what God says to you has the power to overrule and overwrite what others say about you. Don't you ever think that what people think about you and what people will or won't do for you has to become the definition of your destiny. Only the person who gives life controls life. God's got the power to walk by you in your wasted, wasteful condition and speak one word and change it all. Here it is. I hope nobody don't. Y'all can't get up. Y'all know y'all supposed to sit still. But this might make somebody at home run around because here is my proposition. Yes, that when people don't want you to live, God won't let you die. I could go ahead and sit down and give the benediction right there. Let me say that one more time. When people don't want you to live, God won't let you you die. Do I have a witness in here that can testify that's my testimony. When people didn't want me to live, God refused to let me. Aren't you? Aren't you? Woo! Come on, I feel preach sneaking up on me. Aren't Aren't you glad that when others said you were done, God refused to let you go? Jesus. Is there anybody in here who can testify? 
God will let you live when other folk want you to die. God will keep you and sustain you. And let me suggest that it's not just about you personally. For somebody, it's your marriage that looked like it was thrown away, but God said live. For somebody else, it was your child that wouldn't listen to you. And all you could do was stand around and watch what others did to them. But you couldn't help them, but God said live. Tonight I came with one word. Your child is going to live. Your marriage is going to live. Your business is going to live. Your joy is going to live. Your faith is going to live. Your attitude is going to live. Your love is going to live. Live. One word. What, what do we learn from this one word? I want to give you a couple things and I'm, I'm gone. Here's the first thing. Um, I love this. When God says live, according to this context of the text, it suggests that consequences don't have to be conclusions. I know, I know, I know y'all haven't gotten your church rhythm back yet. Y'all been home and you, you know, I need you, know, I need you to get that call and response rhythm back. Yeah, let me, let, cause that should have shouted you right there. Let me say it one more time that when God says live in this context, it firstly implies that consequences don't have to be conclusions. Now y'all can sit there and act like that Like you've never had consequences But all of us in here know that we've had some consequences To some decisions we've made All of us in here know there have been some consequences To some things in the words of Dr. Jeremiah A. Wright When we were stuck on stupid We've all had some consequences Please, please don't sit and look at me With the Baptist bougie look like You've been perfect all your life No, all of us in here know what it's like To deal with consequences from your decisions but I'm mighty glad tonight. Matter of fact, the only reason I'm preaching is because when I face consequences to decisions, God didn't let it be my conclusion. Let me help somebody tonight. Just because it starts bad doesn't mean it can't end well. It does not have to end like it started. You hear, are you hearing me tonight? Yeah. That your current condition is never an indication of your future potential. And somebody in here tonight can testify that if you were defined by how you started, you would have never gotten where you have ended up. Is that anybody's testimony tonight? Can you look at somebody and say, he's talking about me. Somebody can testify that if you still were where God found you, your life would be a mess. But God in his grace, love, and infinite mercy decided that your consequence didn't have to be your conclusion. They are under a consequence of their own choices as a nation. <laughs> as a nation, they have been disobedient to the covenant. As a nation, they have not walked in covenant love and relationship with God. And they are in captivity as a consequence to their own choices. Jesus. And part of the consequence is being thrown away. They've got two consequences going on in this, Dr. Scott. The consequence of how they were born to a Hittite and an Amorite interracial. 
Um, and the consequence, because in that day you could not, end, let me say, because uh, uh, I don't want nobody to think I'm being politically incorrect. No, um, they, they married outside of the bounds of the monotheistic tribal covenant. Come on, I know where I am. They dipped their finger into the polytheistic pool. Yeah, I know where I am. Y'all got it now? And now they're facing all these consequences. God said, Jesus, I was passing by. I saw you like others had seen you in the same condition they saw you in. In blood. But with one difference. I looked at you differently than everyone else looked at you. Others looked at you and said pitiful. I looked at you and said potential. Come here, come here. And not because of who you were, but because of who I am. Y'all, y'all better get this tonight. He said, I saw potential in you, not because of who you are, but because I know who I am. So based on who I am and what I know, I have the power to do. When I walked by you and saw you left for dead, I said live because your consequence nor your condition have the right to be your conclusion. Here it is because God sees you from the ending and the ending is something God already created before you got in your problem. I need y'all to get this. How can God come by and say live? Umbilical cords still cut. Blood all over them. Because God views everything from completion. God always speaks from completion and not process. Preach boy. Matter of fact, God is immune to process. Have you ever, has it ever occurred to you that nothing occurs to God? Y'all quiet over here. I'll be back in three minutes. Has it ever occurred to you that nothing occurs to God? There's nothing you go through. There's no decision you make. There's no hell you catch. There's no darkness you walk in that occurs to God. God knew it the minute he spoke over your life. And the minute he spoke over your life, he was speaking your completion, not your process. Because your process cannot change what he spoke in your completion. God doesn't need to wait to see how things are going to turn out before determining the outcome. God is telling you to live and you still look like you dying. God is telling you, y'all ain't helping me in here. God is telling you joy and you still look like you crying. God is telling you love and you still feel like you hating. I need somebody to know tonight that when God speaks a word over your life, it's not about where you are. It's about where he's taking you because God speaks everything from completion because we know all things work together for the good of them who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose that's why no weapon formed against you is going to be able to prosper because God already completed it sit down sit down I got two more times to tell you sit down just holler live Woo. yes I mean let me tell you the second thing that implies 
The second thing this implies, when God says live, in this context, when you've been thrown away, it implies that God will make a miracle in spite of people's motives. Okay. Read the text. Read the text. They left your umbilical cord on you. They didn't even wash you off. They didn't put salt on you to soothe whatever wounds you had. They didn't put cloth on you to protect you from the elements. And then they threw you in the field. Jesus. That suggests that what was done to them was done with a certain motive. There was a certain intentional end in mind. They threw them away to die. But when God said live, it means that the ones that did it to them did not get the result they were looking for. I'm trying to help somebody. They did what they did, expecting a predicted result from what they did. But while God let them do what they did, God stopped the predicted result from happening. I'm trying to help somebody in here who's been trying to figure out why does God allow what God allow? I don't know. I'm not God. God's ways are not my ways. God's thoughts are not mine. I don't know why God allows some folk to do the stuff that God allows. But here's what I know from this text. God will let folk do what they want to do to you but won't let them see the result they were looking for from everything that they did to you. Do you know why some people don't like you? Because God let them do but he refused to let them get what they wanted. They were waiting to see you quit. They were waiting to see you fail. They were waiting to see you fall. They were waiting to see you depressed. They were waiting to see you leave the church. They were waiting to see you get out the ministry and every time you show up there's scratching their heads because they threw you in the field but they didn't know God did all of that just to set them up so that they would know it still works he prepares a table in the very presence of your enemies do I have any company in here you don't have to try to get back at anybody you just live y'all better hear me you don't have to cut down anybody you just live you ain't got to start a Facebook fight you just live and how God blesses you will be the evidence that they don't have the last word Robert, there's something very interesting in the New International Version that messed me up. It's so subtle, and, and we might miss it. Um, but watch what it says. It says, um, I passed by. Ooh, this messed me up. And I saw you kicking. Y'all don't see me coming. And, and I, let's be Baptocostal for about 10 minutes, all right? Let's be Baptocostal for about 10 minutes. God says, I pass by. Now, we know that's metaphorically. God doesn't have to pass by anywhere because God's everywhere all the time at the same time. Yeah, he ain't got to show up nowhere. Where's he going to show up from? <laughs> it's metaphorical language. God said, I pass by. Watch this. And I saw you kicking. Oh, God, I know where I'm about to go. God said, you got my attention 
Because in spite of what you were going through, you were fighting to live. Jesus. Come on, this ain't for all the wimps. This next shout is for all the fighters in the house who can say, in spite of everything I've been through, I'm still kicking. In spite of every lie that was told, I'm still kicking. In spite of everybody that stabbed me in the back, I'm still kicking. God just wants to see a sign that you believe your life is not over. God just wants to see a sign that you believe this is not the end. That's why everybody in here ought to be shouting. Black folk been kicking all our lives with everything we went through, with everything that was done to us, with every policy that was against us, with every government that was behind us. God said, I stood by you because through everything you went through, through all the dark days, through the stony roads you trod, you kept on kicking. Through every valley, you kept on kicking. And I'm looking for somebody tonight who can say it's been rough, but I'm still kicking. I've had a hard time, but I'm still kicking. This pandemic whipped my butt, but I'm still kicking. As a matter of fact, you ought to just move your legs real quick. Say, God, I'm still kicking. Let me get your attention. Can I tell you the best way to kick? If you can just give God a praise. Because God said, if you can praise me with everything you going through, you gonna get my attention. If you can smile and love your neighbor and serve people in spite of what you going through, you gonna get my attention. Here we go back to Costo. For about 30 seconds, I want you to show God I'm still kicking. By giving him a praise, by waving your hand, by opening up your mouth, I'm still... It's rough, but I'm kicking. Crying, but I'm kicking. Tears, but I'm kicking. Want to cuss, but I'm kicking. Take a drink every now and then, but I'm still kicking. Just kick your leg. I know, I know you ain't used to doing it. Just kick your leg. I'm, I'm still kicking. Tomorrow when somebody say, child, how you doing? I'm still kicking. Tomorrow when they say, child, how you making it? I'm still kicking. Child, you gonna be all right? Yeah, I'm still. I got some kickers in the house. I got some. I got some kickers. Some. Some of you women been been kicking through misogynistic practices of men in corporate America. Some of you women been kicking in the church through insecure men who don't want you to serve and preach. Some of y'all better give God a praise because God said I was passing by and I saw you kicking. And when you kick, God heard you say, "Pass me not." Oh, gentle Savior, hear my humble cry, while on others thou art calling. Don't pass me by, Savior.
get out of here. Let me tell you one more thing. I'm done. I'm going to give you one more time to kick before we're done. Don't worry. I got one more thing to tell you. And I'm done. The last thing God says, live. The implication of that is this. That God will call you to do something that is contradictory to your current reality. Now, I let y'all get all the kicking and shouting out because by midway through this point, y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. God said, I'm going to call you to do something contradictory to your current reality. Live. That one word is, is contradictory to the context. They... They're not in a mansion. <laughs> They're not on a six-figure job. They're in the field, in blood, with an umbilical cord still connected. Where there's nothing evident to live for. They left you to die. They left you in blood. Left you with no support. Here we go. God says, live in your current context. I'm going to prove it to you in a minute. Let me tell you what that means. That's why I'm glad y'all got all that kicking and shouting out the way. Because what that means is, no, no matter what my condition might be, God can cause me to live in it. I told y'all, live with it. Live through it. I'm trying to talk to somebody. You don't have to wait until things get right to maximize things in your life. It's a choice. Either you're going to be an excuse maker or an obedient liver. I told y'all. This suggests that God's word is powerful enough that you can live in something you should die from. I get so sick of hearing excuses. I know y'all going to get quiet now. It's society's fault. It's the man's fault. It's Republicans' fault, as if Democrats ain't as crooked as they are. It's, it's the government's fault. It's white people's fault. It's men's fault. And God says, wait a minute. If you're my child, stop making excuses and make the choice to maximize through your faith the power of my word where life has you. One, two, three, four, five. I got about six claps. I'm proof to you it's in the context because read, read verse seven. I made you grow like a bud in the field. I'm in the text. God didn't say, I took you out the field to grow you. He said, you grew like a bud in the field. God said, you blossomed in the very place you were left to die. Preach Rudolph McKissick. I'm trying to tell somebody, you, you can live even when life isn't right and well. 
Quit, quit, <laughs> quit waiting on God to change your condition. All this neo-Pentecostal language. I'm waiting on my breakthrough. And my change is coming. It's quiet in here now. It's turning around for me. And I believe in all of that. Please don't get me wrong. I believe in breakthrough. I believe in turnaround. I believe in all of that. But every now and then, God is looking for some Christians and some believers who have such maturity of faith that they can say, God, you ain't got to take me out. You can leave me right here in it and I'll bless you and grow and mature right where I am. Grow me in the marriage I'm sick of. Testing, testing. Use me in the ministry I'm tired of. Help me operate in excellence on the job I'm ready to quit. Life can be a mess, but God's word is strong enough. To help you live in a reality that is contradictory. When it looks like there's nothing around it but mess all around you. And you have to declare, I know how to live. Wait a minute. With blood all over me. Now, that's my challenge to you tonight. Don't worry, we're going to shout in about five minutes. That's my challenge to some of you tonight. To stop making excuses and stop praying, God, get me out of this. Maybe you ought to change your prayer. Grow me where you have me. Use me where you found me. Yeah. He said, because I'll cause you to live right in the field. Now that's what God did for Jerusalem. He chose them, picked them up, washed their blood off, <laughs> covered them, and then grew them. But when God found them, they had to have blood cleaned off. But now when God finds you, you got to have blood washed on. I'm, I'm turning my corner now. See, when God found them, they had to be cleaned of the blood. But when God finds us, we have to be covered by the blood. Then the blood was a result of their difficulty. But now the blood is a result of our deliverance. Then the blood made people see them as worthless. But now the blood makes the devil see me as untouchable. Then God washed them off of the blood. But now God washes me in the blood. I'm trying to tell somebody tonight that God's got a blood that's got power to help you live. That God's got a blood that's got power. 
power to help you be sustained. That when God tells you to live, it's because he's already fixed it and he's already cleansed it. I want to tell you tonight that the blood can't be washed off of you. You got to be washed in the blood. That's why the songwriter said, what can wash away my sin? Nothing, yes, but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And I I got to get out of here but I need somebody who knows about the blood to stand on your feet and give God a praise if you know about the blood I need you to open your mouth and thank God for the blood because I I I I came to tell you that when God tells me to live, I'm going to live. When God tells me to live, I'm going to stand up because I learned a long time ago that when he washed me in the blood of the Lamb, he gave me power to live again. I got to get out of here. But in the old church, we used to sing a song. We don't sing these songs no more. Now we got lights and dry fog looking like Disney World. But in the old church, they used to sing this song that says, I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. One day when I was lost, he died upon the cross. And I know it was the blood just for me. Is there anybody who knows the blood has washed you? The blood has cleansed you. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he fight your battles? Won't he make your enemies your footstool? Won't he give you joy and sorrow? Won't he give you hope for tomorrow? Won't he dry your tears? Won't he, 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 won't he? In the blood of the Lamb, I'm going to live until I die. And when I die, I'm going to live a little more. And I can shout tonight because he lives. I live because God won Friday on a hill called Calvary. They hung him high. They stressed him wide. He hung his head in the locks of his shoulders. He died. Lord have mercy. He died all night Friday. He died all day Saturday. But early Sunday morning, he got up with power in his hands. And now... Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, our fear is gone. And I know 
Just go ahead, give God praise right now. My God, my God, my God, my God. Was not that a word from the Lord? Thank you, Bishop. My God. Mm. Live. We need to holler that all the way to Ukraine. Live. Need to holler that to our sister going up for the Supreme Court judge tonight. Katanja, live. My God, what a word. Sometimes you just need to just marinate. 
us online and for those that are watching us in our Zoom congregation, if that word bless you, just fill up the chat with the word live right now. Just fill up the chat and those in the house, if you would just holler one more time, live. Can we celebrate this preacher tonight? Listen, while you're standing, I want to take this opportunity to extend to those watching us online as well as those in the house the opportunity to have a relationship with the person who is life, and that's Jesus Christ. If you're watching us on Facebook or If you're watching us or listening to us rather on the telephone or Vimeo rather, um, I want you to do me this favor. If that word was meant for you and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm going to tell you to do something in just a moment. I want to lead you in a short prayer for those that are in the house. If that word was meant for you, I want to give you the opportunity to accept life through Jesus Christ. And, uh, don't have to join St. Paul. If you live out in Union County in Waxhaw, I can send you to my sister's church, Reverend Cows. I, I know you'll be good there. For me, it's about growing the kingdom. It's about growing the kingdom. So if you would repeat this prayer after me, God, I thank you that Jesus Christ is life. And he is life more abundantly. Tonight I come because I need that life. I believe you sent Jesus to die for my sins. I believe he died on a cross. And I believe you raised him from the dead. And one day he's coming back. But until then, send your Holy Spirit into my life so I can live forgive me of all my sins thank you for the gift of salvation in Jesus name I pray this prayer amen now the reason we pray that prayer together is because for those of us who are saved it's a reminder of that covenant relationship we establish but if you prayed this prayer tonight online or in the house you mean it in your head and your heart you mean it in your mind and your spirit you're not just saying something you want a relationship with Jesus Christ it's yours you don't work for salvation you can't come to church enough to get saved you 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 can't give enough money to get saved it is based upon your confession of faith in Jesus Christ the Lord the Savior predicated upon your faith so if you prayed that prayer you meant that prayer if you're watching us online on Facebook or Vimeo if you would type in salvation in the chat when our digital minister is going to reach out to you or if you're watching us on YouTube or listening to us on the uh, telephone 
or even in the Zoom, you can contact us by emailing us at connect at spbc.org or call us at 704-334-5309. Leave your name and your number by 5 o'clock tomorrow. Somebody will be in touch with you 5 o'clock tomorrow evening. Somebody would have called you to let you know what the next steps are. If you're in the house and you want a relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, just do me this favor and just give God the acknowledgement. If you're in the house, you don't have that relationship, would you just hold up your hand, hold up your hand, hold up your hand. If you want that relationship tonight, hold up your hand, hold up your hand. If you want that relationship tonight, would you hold up your hand? Amen. If you're in the house and you're saved, you got a relationship with Jesus, but you don't have a church home, I want to invite you to connect with St. Paul Church. I would love to be your pastor. These men and women would love to be your brothers and sisters in Christ in this house. So if you're here right now, you don't have a church home. For those that are watching us online on Facebook or, or on our church website, would you type in connect? Somebody's going to get in touch with you. Our digital ministers will reach out to you. If you are on YouTube or if you are checking us out on the phone, if you will call us at 704-334-5309. Leave your name and your number. Somebody's going to reach out to you. If you're watching us on the Zoom congregation, just type in connect in the Zoom as well. If you are in the house, you don't have a church home, you've been bouncing around from place to place, I want to encourage you to get connected. It's something about being connected to the local church. Regardless of what folks say, something about being connected to the local church. So if that's you, you don't have a church home. Would you hold up your hand? I would love to be a pastor. And these men and women would love to be your brothers and sisters in Christ. If you don't have a church home, I want to invite you to connect to St. Paul. Amen. Amen. We've done as, as commanded, and yet there's room. I want you to do me this favor. If you would, take a seat. And just for three minutes, we're getting ready to get out of here. If that word blessed you, and I am a person that really is predicated upon... 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9. I believe in sowing and reaping. I believe in sowing as far as when it comes to the word of God. And so if you have an offering tonight that you would just want to sow, I want to sow into the ministry of Bishop Rudolph McKissick, if that word blessed you. So I want you to do me this favor. If you have a physical offering, if you have a physical offering, um, I'm going to have Ken over here. I'm going to have Jerry over here. Um, and we're just going to ask if you have a physical offering, if you would, if you want to give on Givelify, you go to Givelify and just put it under revival or put it under offering. And you can give as far as that's concerned. But if you have a physical offering, would you go ahead and bring it right now? Uh, you, we'll give you capacity to go ahead and bring it or you can let somebody bring it for you. Amen. I'm going to. So as far as tonight is concerned, that was a blessing. If you're watching us online, if you're watching us online, you can you can give as well. Amen. You can give as well. You can give as well. If you're watching us online, would you be a blessing as far as through the app called Givelify or through Vimeo? Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I see the great pastor of the New Hope Baptist Church. Amen. My brother, Dr. Quintrell Burrell, thank you for blessing us with your presence. Amen. God bless you. 
he is doing it up at New Hope. We thank God for him being in the city. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Listen, we're getting ready to get out of here tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, Dr. Cynthia Hill will be here, 7 o'clock. Um, and we're going to let the Lord do what the Lord's going to do. Can we celebrate the brothers? Thank you all for blessing us. My God, my God. Can we give God praise for our ushers? Thank you all for being so faithful to our media ministry. Thank you. And can we celebrate our musicians? Thank you all so much. Thank you all so much. Thank you all so much. And if that word bless you, can you give God praise again tonight? Let's stand. Let's stand. We are still under COVID. And so uh, as soon as the benediction is over, our ushers, they're going to come and escort you out. And you can fellowship outside. Amen, amen, amen. You can fellowship outside. You can fellowship outside. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. God, we thank you for the word of life. Restore, refresh, renew Bishop Rudolph McKissick Jr. right now. Lord, let us take this word and apply it to our hearts and our lives. As we get ready to leave from this place and space, if you would, oh God, give us traveling grace to our destination and when we get there let us find safety and security tranquility and peace and then Lord on tomorrow prep us for what you have in store it's in the name of your son Jesus Christ we pray and in his name we claim it done let every heart that truly believes say amen do me a favor if you would just take your seat the ushers are going to come they're going to escort you out amen in a safe manner and a secure manner um we thank God for your presence. Hey, Quintrell. Bring my buddy in here real quick, man. Come on down. Since this is the only time I can catch up with you, you'll answer my call. Yes, Lord. <laughs> yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. From the bottom. From the bottom of my heart. To the depth.